Hello and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Basketball. We are back for a, a quick episode just ahead of the conference finals after we have had a, well, a very close game seven last night. Well, after the conference finals, even. After the, oh, I thought, okay, yeah, okay, ahead of the NBA finals. Yeah, that's the one. Sure, okay. I mean, we won't do another take for that because we've already done a few. Yeah, we can't, we can't go through that again. No. Uh, oh, well. But yeah, anyway, the, well, the NBA finals. Yeah, we're ahead so of we're the NBA finals. Forward to. Um, but first, mm. let's talk about the uh, the conference finals. Well, we did that last time, but you know, how it we ended. Did the uh, Western Conference finals had finished, hadn't it, already? Um, I can't remember if we'd had the last game or not. Anyway, the Warriors had gone 3-0 up. Maybe it was three yeah. one then. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. It was one of those. I mean, we. I mean, we said in the last episode the Warriors are in the finals. But yeah. I don't know whether it was official. They are actually in the finals now. They they've got to six straight finals when Clay Thompson is available. Um, Steve Kerr has never lost a Western Conference playoff series as Warriors head coach, which is just a ridiculous thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. The other yeah, one. Was the like kind of the ugliest series I think I can remember? It was just what, really, like what, how about the um, how about the Bucks Celtics? Literally, I don't, that. this felt because that that at least had some close games in it. They they like it was physical, but this was just like brutal and lots of because great defenses in like a really tough way and lots of charges being drawn and quite a lot of like slightly clumsy turnovers because they're all getting into each other's jerseys trying to guard them and no close games until like the end like just yeah. get games that teams that were just they were i think i said in the last podcast about teams kind of losing games it felt like even more than teams winning them yeah I mean, uh, like was... lots of teams just having like 10 minutes where they couldn't score the ball at all. Some of it was great defense. Some of it was just like they had no offense going at all. And they were just getting into like hoisting shots up from nowhere. Um, And Miami had that a bit in game seven as well. Like they, they started really, really badly. Yeah. uh, The problem that we thought existed offensively. And then Tyler hero appeared briefly in game seven and then disappeared. It clearly wasn't really right. Was just there the whole time. Jimmy Butler had half of their points. I think it was in the third quarter. He had literally half of their points. And it felt like he needed to get, as he did in game six, basically nearly 50 for them to win a game. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, when he just didn't score in the like middle of the series, that's when it seemed like it was over. And we kind of had another twist with that game six of just another incredible player performance. Um, and yeah, he is... He, did you say in the last podcast he's like the opposite of James Harden? He's like kind of incredible. He's, I mean, in general in his career, he doesn't put up like in, like outstanding numbers. I mean, he's obviously like an all-star level player all the time. But in the playoffs, it's like he, he is up on that upper level. He's like fringe. He's a fringe all-NBA player, even in mo- even in like his best seasons a lot of the time. And then in the playoffs, there's not you're not like taking 15 guys ahead of Jimmy Butler. No. It's, no. it's not even close. You might not take like six. It's ridiculous. 
because he's so great defensively as well. Um, and he basically had to carry them. Kyle Lowry then yeah. appeared a bit at the end of yeah, the series. Yeah, game six and seven, he appeared a bit. And I but mean, he still honest... couldn't, he can't, he's not, I mean, he's obviously never been a huge scorer, but like, he's nowhere near as effective off the dribble. And he kind of, it almost was like he battled, to, he battled so hard that he was relevant in the series. Yeah. But like, it... it's not the guy that was there, obviously in 2019 with Toronto. And you kind of wonder about like, yeah, where that goes really. Yeah, I mean, I think it's still pretty impressive, though, with the injuries they've had and stuff. And it's kind of at points where it looked like they, this Heat team was, like, even though they were top seed, like the end of the regular season, all falling out. And I don't know, it just feels like it's not, not much had gone right for them this playoff somehow. And yet they got to game seven of the conference finals. And that's how much has to go to Butler, though, because I I agree with you. I basically haven't believed in them. I've had these issues with, and it has been a problem, is where they have to play some weaker defenders, although they ended up playing fewer of those. And then, like, Struess was the weakest defender. They go at him a bit, but he's at least big and strong-ish. And then on offense, it's like, well, I worry a little bit about the spacing. Butler, the other thing that happens with him is he basically can't shoot threes and doesn't shoot them in the regular season. Then the playoffs, he just occasionally nails like three in a game or whatever, two a couple in a game. Like, okay, well that doesn't make any sense. Um, but then there's a bit of a spacing thing with having him, Bam, and PJ Tucker at times yeah. gets a well, bit like a bit congested in there. Well, I, I think Bam offensively is kind of like he's not. I don't know he's really like not been that much of an offensive force as he like all playoffs, maybe even longer than that. Compared to like a couple of years ago, he had the thirty-one point game. But then he, when he does that, you look at it and go, "Oh, what?" So often, and I get he is kind of undersized for position by height, but not by strength or athleticism, obviously. Um, so often when he's going towards the basket or he's got someone in the post, he ends up taking like a little kind of like fading hook or a turnaround jumper or something. And quite, I just like to see him. Similar thing with Aiton that we spoke about before. I want you to be like, use your body more, be way more yeah. aggressive. Then he's going to get more free throws as well. Um, and yeah, look, they, so they didn't have Hero for most of this series, which made the offense thing even worse. And it was just like, it basically it felt like Butler had to do similar to Giannis actually in the last round. Like you have to put up a historic line, and then you still might lose. Yeah. And it was amazing. I, but I still didn't... Even if they won last night, I would be coming on this and saying, I think the Warriors will win this. I think they'll beat them five or six. But it'll, they'll win it relatively easily. I saw... I like... It, that, it's, it sounds like really harsh and not fair that I feel like that. But it's almost like that's testament to how great Butler in particular was. Was they still don't really believe in them. Yeah, they're but, still... That's the thing is they're still not... Don't seem like a functional team in like the... Well... I guess, like compared to the modern NBA and the way the game is played, this Heat team has not seemed functional particularly. And I guess they just have people in and out a lot, but it's it's kind of that Heat. I don't know. It's almost like that like grit that I kind of associate with them. That it's like they're just they fight their way to wins, don't they? They're basically just battle. It's not. It's not even like the team being better than the sum of the parts. It's like the. Like they they don't seem like a great team, but they just they get results like ahead of what you'd expect from 
how they are as a team. Yeah, they they have a knack for it, and I I think that they're, they're also because they play so hard all the time. If you're not completely ready for a game, that's how they manage. They basically they don't let you can't really cruise to a win against them very often. Like they they just manage to. I I know they had some like really terrible quarters where they did end up losing games by a distance. But even when that happened, it it was like well. Yeah, because there's functional problems with the team. It went wrong. Yeah, they're not good. They don't like just. They don't have games. They roll over. And I mean that happened in Game Seven. They nearly the Celtics nearly had one of the worst choke jobs. Yeah, I mean the first quarter or like early on, they they got like a bit of a ten point lead or a bit more. Like early on, which is when it's like we said, it's like that's the balance almost. When you're like twelve, thirteen, maybe hit a couple of threes, then it's like trouble. Trouble, and they were at that point like early in the game, weren't they? The Celtics, like straight away, and and it didn't really get much closer than that until right near the end. Well, they had they were double digit lead with like two minutes to go, and so the Celtics yeah. just there was a really the end of that game was some of the it's kind of what I mean about being really ugly series. So the, the Heat did the right thing and they forced it out of Tatum's hands. And they were basically like, well, Marcus Smart could just keep shooting. And he did, which he kind of was the right thing. And he was like, well, but then they've, Miami have done something very right there. You've got, he happened to miss loads of them. But he's like, Marcus, we had it for a bit, right at the end of a game seven of an Eastern Conference Finals. When Miami got the ball, Victor Oladipo was going at them and taking seemingly, it felt like he took five shots in a row. I don't think it was quite that. But he had loads where he was taking the ball yeah. Like he was Jimmy Butler and going into step back threes and driving and taking like fadeaway, sh- like falling away shots and all this stuff. And then Marcus Smart at the other end, they were sort of like daring to shoot the ball. And it was just the weirdest piece of basketball for the end of a conference finals. It was just the, it's kind of like the defensive play was too good from both teams. It, it forced the offense to do like the yeah. worst thing they could be doing. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't want to take away from the Celtics. Like they, They've been incredible the turn of the year uh, since the turn of the year, um, but they're a, they do have a tendency to just have kind of um, meltdowns, maybe a bit strong. Although they were a Jimmy Butler three from that being an all timer of a meltdown. If they lost that from where they were, that would have been. Yeah, and they, they have had other games, haven't they? Like where they have they have just not turned up. Yeah, just uh, I mean, you guys could say it's about the Warriors. I've had a couple of those, but you, like There's, we said with those games, the Warriors where it's like the Warriors have basically killed the series and then they've just had a game off. Whereas these have been like like important games, it's like series in the balance and the Celtics just have one where they just, they're just not there. They just lose heavily. Yeah, Tatum hit some big shots yesterday. Horford still looks good most of the time. I think some of that is physicality. Is Horford is obviously old yeah. and they're all playing through stuff which maybe when we move on to the finals in a minute is a really big factor, is they're like beaten up. They've had two seven-game series that have been like being in the trenches and now the Warriors have had a week off and they've been at home the whole time. Um, I think that's going to be relevant even though yeah. they've got four days off now. Um, but some of it is just perception now, I, th- I think, as well. It's like we give the Warriors the benefit of the doubt. Maybe that, whether that's right or wrong, I don't really know. Um but the Warriors have earned the right to think like, yeah, they took their foot off the gas and then they have won the series. They've not been 
yeah, one in five, a... one in six, and then one in five again. Yeah. Um, the Celtics have, they're strange because they have had moments where they've been ruthless. And then they've had a few times where it's like, this is yours now. And they just sort of don't manage to seize the moment. Um, the Rob Williams thing is huge as well. Yeah, I think that that's the that I think that was the big thing. Watching that game seven, to be honest, was the um, when they have Horford and Williams, it's like one of them's on the court all the time. The Heat just seemed to, they just didn't have any like easy layups. Like even like all the layups were at least contested. Yeah, and you end up with like like Bam trying to score inside, and he's like even when it's seeming like this, you know, this is like on a break. Got to score here, and he ends up not scoring the layup. Yeah, you've got one of those guys contesting it. Um, but then in game six, talking about the kind of inconsistency they have, there were periods where, like, they were set, and just a gap just opened up, and Kyle Lowry could just go from the middle and just lay it up. Um, like just not being switched on, that in it. That that's just a mental yeah. thing. Yeah, it's but it's not like they. It's not like they. They kind of consistently have those moments. It's like they just have games where they have those moments, and then they'll have a game like last night where it's like there wasn't any of that. Like every single possession, they were. It's like they need the pressure of must win, isn't it? Is it's like yeah. the the game six? It's the weird thing is because I thought the Celtics were going to cruise to game six, and then it's like just a little bit. It kind of what I mean about the Heat and Butler epitomizes this. Just a little bit of intensity drop off when you go up three two. You think you've broken them, and you're at home. And you think yeah. you're going to win it? You got no. I don't mean like you're actually really like overly arrogant going to it, but just you're just that little bit less focused compared to Game Five. Oh my God, we need to win this one on the road. They've got an amazing road record in these playoffs. I saw someone tweeting about it earlier, saying it shows how great the Celtics are. Look at their road record, or look at that home record, and think, well, how they've why do they keep dropping these games at home? Yeah. And it's it's a strange thing. I I think there's just a little bit of like. That Miami led by Butler going into a game on the road, knowing they had to win it to save their season. And yeah, there's just that occasional lapse in the Celtics. Mentally, basically. And um, you can't have those lapses against the Warriors because yeah. they will score 20 points well, in three minutes. Well, talking about, with the intensity thing, it's maybe, I mean, you wouldn't assume they're going to be in a position. I don't know, although maybe they will be. It's kind of in a position where they're if they're ahead in the series almost. Well, if they like, take one in San Francisco, if yeah. they're one one and they've got home court back, and then it's like the Celtics win Game Three and it, they're really in control, that would be the sort of situation where again they they maybe just drop off a little bit. I don't know because it's it's felt multiple times in these playoffs. They obviously with the Nets they managed to do it. They managed to strangle that series when they got yeah. Got up. I, that might say more about the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know. Um, and I, I the Robert Williams thing is so massive though, because again, he's like leaving games and playing. He's in and out. That game seven, he was just not anywhere near as impactful. Um, didn't seem to be as um, mobile as usual. And if he's available and they can play the two big lineups, they should be able to really dominate the Warriors on the boards. He's going yeah. to be like he's going to get easy buckets if he can play thirty minutes a game as a lob threat, and that size is useful. Because one thing that's happened with um, Golden State is Curry. Everyone goes so all out to make sure he doesn't hit eight threes. Is that he just drives more and more now? He's been driving like so much in these playoffs, and if you've got Rob Williams there, that's uh, 
that's more of a deterrent, isn't it? Or, or, or to be honest, Horford's been doing that job pretty well. Yeah. All, all playoffs. So it's kind of, yeah, I think that's going to be the key is um, not necessarily stopping the penetration, but if you can, you know, stop them scoring, then the penetration, like the drill penetration, then is not as effective, is it? If, if they're going to dribble in there and then there's, if there's the threat of them scoring kind of goes away. Doesn't have as much an effect on you know the rest of the defense and everything. So I think that's going to be the key thing really is what the rim protection at that that end and at the other end, um, like you say, stop offensive rebounds. That's how they're going to win the series if they if they're going to. They can't go on can't do the like Grizzlies thing they were trying to do where you try and play with their own game. They invented that game. And it turns out they're still quite good at it. I yeah, think like, that the size has got to be really significant at both ends. So, like, they are basically going to be bigger than the Warriors at pretty much every position. And so you've got to out-rebound yeah. them. You, The Warriors have been great on the boards. And then it'll be really interesting to see what happens with Looney. He was obviously brilliant in the last round. Um, Boston's gone at players defensively. He, but then it's like, well, he did quite well when he was switched onto Doncic. So, like, yeah, I mean, that's, this, this is the thing with if he can defend like the, that, almost like the like the breakouts they've had through the playoffs with the Warriors. Is you feel like they may that well end up playing uh, Looney and Draymond quite a lot together, which then you feel like potentially should maybe nullify that threat of Williams and Horford quite a bit. Yeah, and um. The interesting thing with that is then on offense is how do you, if you then help off of Wiggins a bit, like Dallas was, how much can you slow down Stephen Clay? Um, or is Steve Kerr going to have to take Looney out more so that he can get more shooting on, whether that's Otto Porter, um, who is now coming back? This is the other thing that I think is really significant at the start of the series. I know they've got a few more days. But we saw it in uh, in the last round. The teams who came off for of game sevens lost the yeah. game ones. They've got more days here, but the Warriors have been already been resting in their own beds for ages. Yeah. And now they're playing at home. They've got a week without traveling. Um, Gary Payton II is coming back, who's going to be guarding, I think, Jalen Brown probably quite a lot, you'd imagine. Uh, Otto Porter supposedly healthy. Anne Iguodala might be available. And it's just like... That feels like, at least at the start of the series, is very much relevant. You've got to go to San Francisco, yeah. and they've now got, like, well, 10 players they could use at least. Yeah, I guess I guess that's the thing of, obviously, Gary, Gary Payton being a good defender and saying he's going to guard Brown a lot. Um, but I guess he's not going to be on the court that much, is he? It depends on the loony thing, I think. So they could, they could easily use him over loony in some lineups. Particularly, that's where the if how much can Robert Williams play? Because if they can yeah. only really use Horford as their big and occasionally Tice, then you can play Draymond at centre with Peyton, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, or or Porter in place of Wiggins, whatever you want to do. Um, I think he's good, and also he's obviously coming off of injury. I don't know how many minutes he's going to be available for yeah. straight away. Um, and then yeah, I. And it'll be Wiggins on Tatum, obviously, a lot of the time. 
Yeah, okay, so Wiggins on Tatum, and then you've got Curry will be on Smart. That kind of seems to me like you, and most of the time you end up with Clay on Brown. I guess he'll have a, some of it. Um, or it or might Grant be Williams, maybe. You might. I think. I think Steph will get hidden on Grant Williams in those lineups, in the slightly smaller lineups, and then you'll have Clay on Smart or something. Um, Did that because that'll be. I think that'll be the thing. Is I mean, haven't you mentioned about Clay since his injury not being the same defensively, like not as quick? He's looked. Yeah, I mean, he's been. He's obviously not the same guy foot movement wise he had some really good spells against the Mavericks defensively um he's not I I don't think they can leave him on Jalen Brown for a long period although Jalen Brown seems to not be able to dribble the ball very much anymore just occasionally like loses it so maybe yeah. that's that's not such a bad matchup like on ball at least um the Warriors defensive stuff is really interesting because on paper like we were just saying we're like it seems like a good matchup for the Celtics this in lots of ways at both ends these teams were basically tied for the top defensive rating in the league this year. There's loads of the Celtics defense is amazing. The Warriors is also amazing defensively. Yeah. They made it incredibly difficult for the Mavericks at points the last round. It feels like a in somehow I don't know, it feels like it'd be a different kind of a different kind of defense, maybe, in a way. Yeah. Of if they're gonna be successful. Um so I don't know. It doesn't feel like Nessa are going to be able to rely on like rim protection. Particularly, it's like you know, I don't know. They, it's more. It's going to be more about um, limiting the freeze, isn't it, for the Warriors? Yeah, and at the other end, I think as good and versatile as the Celtics are defensively, um, the way the Warriors play is just different. We saw it with the Mavericks. Is their defense looked amazing against the Suns, and it was good at points against the Warriors. But guarding the Warriors is not like guarding any other team. I mean, Steph alone yeah. is like that. Let alone when Steph and Clay, and then sometimes Jordan Poole are out there as well. It's they're obviously yeah. a phenomenal defensive team. But we've seen we saw the Mavericks, particularly the start of that series, kind of like, oh, oh my God, what's going on out here? What, what the ball's just flying around the place. Yeah, that, that's the other thing with the um, we're talking about the lineups of like which point of view you look at it from and like who's dictating what's happening here. And if you were to just look at it in the way of say, I mean they've not done it a lot of this like since early in the playoffs, but the Warriors go to the um, the John Paul lineup, basically you know so yeah, Curry, uh, Clay, Wiggins, Paul, and Draymond. And then you think, okay, so then, then the Celtics, then the Celtics can't play Williams and Horford, definitely. Yeah, well, you put Horford would be on Draymond, and usually they do the hide Robert Williams in the corner so he can help. There's no, you can't hide in any of those guys. They're just going to be flying around the court. Yeah, everyone's going to be running around everywhere. So you you can't have guys that aren't super mobile, particularly not an injured center. <laughs> That's not what you want in that yeah. line. Um, although, I mean, saying that, I, like, uh, Brown, Smart, and Tatum are, like, maybe, like, three of the, like, 
the best like trio. I think yeah. at the moment for like guard, that kind of defense. To well to guard, yeah, the Warriors sort of defense offense is a uh, that's kind of is quite quite close to ideal. Um, but at the same time, it's just it's so different. I think there's a period of adaptation, and maybe that's. I'd be amazed if the Warriors don't win game one. Um, partly because of that, partly the rest stuff. Also, they're nine and zero at home in these playoffs so far. <laughs> I think it's a really interesting matchup, and the Robert Williams thing is huge. And again, Wiggins, if they do win the title, he's going to have guarded Luka Doncic and Jason Tatum for like yeah. the vast majority of the conference finals and the finals. And like what he get because on in that series as well, it's it's only occasional that he's he has the ball offensively but it's so important what he does because if he's enough of a threat that he can still get his 15 to 20 points and occasionally he dunks on someone and he knocks down a couple of open threes and then every so often it just ends up at him and it's like oh god they managed to like slow down the whole possession and then he he hits a shot because he's good enough to hit a shot and they get that occasionally they've just got so much like shot making skill even outside of their guys even yeah. outside of the three like shooters and so Wiggins if he plays like he did in the last series I think they're going to be like really really hard to beat because Clay is looking a little bit more like Clay I think as it goes on and he's now had a couple of really big games and Curry is just he's not had like a proper offensive explosion in these playoffs, probably because he's not had to. And they've so sold out on guarding him. Everyone is so, like, tuned into stopping him. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. The amount of plays... Well, he influences every single play on offense. But he don't, like his stats never really reflect how much of an impact he's had. Because he's not, like, a point guard who's going to occasionally have, like, an 18-assist game. But almost every basket they score, it's because Steph Curry's just, like, run somewhere. And then there's someone else who's been left wide open. Yeah, because three players have run after him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait, to be honest. I think it's the best. We might have even said in the second round, maybe when the Celtics looked like they were going to see off the Bucks before, earlier than in the seventh game, it looked like these were the two best teams. Yeah. It looked like it was going to be Warriors-Celtics finals. And it's been, well, in the East, it's been quite a journey to get there. It's actually ended up being kind of straightforward for the Warriors in the end, which is um, ominous. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think you could point to the teams that the um, the Celtics had to face, like facing Giannis and stuff. But then also, they've all been like injured. They've the teams have been up against, haven't they? They got taken to seven by the Bucks without Chris Middleton. Yeah, this is this is not to detract from how good they are. It's just like. It has not been a dominant run, and they, it's not beating the Bucks, Heat, and Nets sounds better on paper than what has actually happened. Is yeah. the Bucks without Middleton that going to seven games? I think we said at the time is kind of a win for the Bucks. Like that's impressive they managed to get it there. And then whatever the Heat, just like everyone was hurt. Butler was clearly playing through stuff at one point. Kyle Lowry missed games. Tyler Hero didn't play for the second part of the series. Um, 
I think they might have beaten the Heat, even if the Heat were healthy. I just think they're better than them. Um, I don't. I think they would have lost to the Bucks in six or something if Middleton was available. Yeah. Um, we just don't want any injuries here. Like the worst thing would be if we have. Well, when they played a few months ago, Smart went for a loose ball and fell on Curry's leg, and then he missed a few weeks. Anything like that would just suck so much because this should be an amazing series. It's like got. I th- yeah, it's, I think they are the two best teams. It does feel it. I mean, it always is. I think, isn't it? Every championship is like significant for like legacies and all that. But it is like the. I mean, like Curry and the Warriors in general, like winning another one, like after Durant has left, got that side of it, and people had like written them off. What they were, you know, after those injuries against the Raptors a few years ago in the finals. It was like, Clay, Clay's hardly played. It's like, okay, they're in a rebuild now. The Wiggins trade got slated. Yeah, like maybe we're they not take that see Curry like, up, up at that level again. But, you know, they, I mean, they're favourites now. They, they have been most of these playoffs. And that is like, and I mean, there's been a lot of discussion about it, of like where Curry ranks if he wins that. And it's, yeah. He's like he's getting up there, isn't he? Really, um, and then for the Celtics, obviously, it's like they've they've not even been to the finals, have they? Since like twenty twenty ten, yeah. Um, Jason Tatum's chance to really—I mean, if he—we've spoken about the trajectory Yanis could be on. Tatum wins the title here in Finals MVP. He's already been to the Conference Finals a handful of times. Yeah. Yeah, it's like huge for him as well, isn't it? It's like it's the the start. Also, it might not be that many chances because of the yeah. uh, because of Yanis, partly. But yeah, just such huge stakes. The Warriors thing that's really interesting is if they win this, they will have been to three finals and won two of them without Durant in this era, and been to three three finals and won two of them with Durant. This is like the because they had the the regular season dominance and the surge to this like start of a dynasty without him, and then they got Durant, and it was just like, well, this is they're too good. This is the greatest team, most talent that's ever been assembled, and then they won two titles at Canter. Doing it again a couple of years after with the same core, the same coach, and then they, but they've changed everything around them. It's not like everyone's taking cut deals to stay with them. This now no. the the big three are there, and Looney was yeah Looney was there for the last run to the finals. But like, it's impressive like the front new... office as well, isn't it? It's, it's, it's amazing. Not, it's not like oh we, they've extended it. It's like it's almost like they've kind of built a team again. They've done it again, yeah, and they managed to get they waited for Clay to come back, and they've managed to get there again. I mean, if the the fact of getting to six finals in eight years to anyone to question like the where this team stands among like the greatest teams ever. But if they win it, then it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's another level altogether. And like you said, with Curry, I, I mean, I think, I mean, also if they do win, um, and we're getting into very hypothetical, so some of this can probably, there'll be a lot of discussion about this after based on who wins and legacies and everything. But if they do win as well, it's not, this isn't like the 98 balls or anything, is it? It's not like 
they're going away. No. That they've shown that this I like they're willing to spend to go away to the tax. I mean, Wiseman probably a trade trip now. And I don't know, Moses I mean, Moody is like looks well on course. He's getting Western Conference Finals minutes. He's on course to be a very solid three and D role player. Um, I mean, Kaminga looks pretty good as well, doesn't he? His upside is kind of terrifying. Um, Draymond and Steph. Steph is maybe not the player he was when he won two MVPs, but it's like, well, that is like but, maybe the most unstoppable. But also, I mean, I'd, I'd almost argue against that in a way. I mean, maybe he's, maybe he is a different style of player, but also, like, was it last year? Where he was, he put, put himself into MVP conversation. By the end of the season, he wasn't there. Can't remember, did he get injured or something? I can't remember. No, they were just not didn't have weren't high enough in the standings really. That was, but he yeah. was. I think he was he was in the top of the balloting, sort of top five again. Yeah, but I mean, he had like a month or two, didn't he? Where it was just, I mean, anyone playing against him was just kind of shrug. It's like, what what do you do? Just yeah, wherever he's on the court, it's, it's going in the basket from there. And I mean, he. Defensively, he's obviously come on. He's so much stronger than he was at maybe his offensive peak. And um, some of it is just, I mean, everyone sells out on him so much. Yeah. But like, there's really no, there's no like, other than the on-off stuff, which can always be a bit like messy in what you can read into it. There's nothing to really like perfectly portray how important he is on the impact he has for the rest of his teammates. Um, I guess that's uh, yeah. what... Um, I mean, that's what winning titles does, really, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. That's what that represents. That's the clearest way to do it, is they keep winning. And, um, yeah, I mean, he he is... It doesn't look like he's, like, lost a step. He's not, like... It's not like he's got old and he's now, like, completely a liability on defence. He's got better defensively, if anything. Draymond, the health stuff occasionally is a concern, but when he's available, and what I've loved from him in the last round or so, just being selectively aggressive on offense, just yeah. slipping screens occasionally, pulling out the, the fake handoff play, which is just like two points every time they do it, because you have to run with the shooter, and then he just occasionally doesn't give it to them and runs and gets a layup. But he's, and he scored a load in the clincher. He had a run of double-figure scoring games. And that's another one of those things. It's just like, well, when he starts doing that, and then you've got Wiggins doing just enough, then it gets, they're just, it's so, so hard yeah, to slow them down. Yeah, it adds an extra thing into the equation, doesn't it? Which was already impossible to begin with. Yeah, and it doesn't need to be a lot. It doesn't, like, if those two combine for 25 points a night, and then you've got, obviously, Steph, Clay, and Paul, that is just is almost impossible to deal with, I think. Um, but then this Boston defense is set up and has shown us it might be able to deal with it. Um, yeah, it's scary. If they win this, there will obviously be, as is usually the case, there will be favourites for the title next year because they've got young players who are getting better and their old guys aren't dropping yeah. off. Yeah, they have somehow got themselves in a position again where they're, they are now have upside again. Like, you feel like Usually it's not meant to be the case with these teams that have got loads of old guys and have won 
number titles already. But it feels like they could get better. Yeah. Next year, it's like the the as a whole, their team could be in a better position next year than it is this year, which is like quite a position to be in. Yeah, and some people reduced it to them just like having this huge tax bill. That is part of it. The wig, yeah. being willing to take D'Angelo Russell's contract and then flip it into Wiggins, the long-term money there. Not, I mean, getting Wiggins and Kaminga. I think I said this last time for D'Angelo Russell. It's just, just not aged well for the Timberwolves. That, um, I think like, some. So that is part of it. But then it's like the they've got the draft choices right. They also could have. Loads of people pushing for them to go for another star or even like a sub-star player. Use Wiggins' money and throwing one of those picks or two of those picks. Yeah, trade for Miles Turner. It all seems sort of like vaguely interesting. And actually, they've now got a guy who can guard Doncic and then Tatum in the conference finals and the finals. They've kept yeah. him and they've now got the upside. Um, so the same way they built the first couple of rosters to win titles and they did it perfectly. They've basically done that again. There were some errors along the way. The Wiseman thing is going to be kind of viewed as a mistake forever, you imagine, like because Lamelo went straight after particularly. But then maybe they trade him, and because he's a second overall pick, he's got salary. Yeah, so salary that you can send out. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's going to be pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, I think we should wrap up. Should we do a series prediction? Well, we can do. I mean, I think it's the Warriors for both of us. I've got them in six. In six. I'm going to go five. Warriors, that, I mean, Warriors in six. Curry, actually, no. Game six, Clay at the Garden to clinch it. Clay gets like 30 again. The perfect, like, fairy tale comeback. Yeah. He's only been playing basketball again, like in the NBA for six months. It's really ridiculous. Yeah, it is kind of. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Two and a half years out and he came back and it was like, had no idea really what it was going to look like. And there are still, he's obviously not the same athletically, but he's not like a complete traffic cone defensively either. But yeah. he still now had two huge games in like consecutive clinches. It's pretty cool. Pretty good yeah. story. But anyway, um, speak to you next time, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.